Good evening and welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my longtime business partner, Adam Sunhalter. Uh, between the two of us, we own a company, a business coaching company called Maximum Value Partners. <clears throat> and what we do, we coach small businesses defined as companies in any industry from 1 to 25 employees. And it must be Wednesday night at 7 p.m. because we're here and we are freezing when we stick our toe outside the door. Thank God there's a sock and a boot over it, or I don't know if I'd have that toe left by tomorrow morning. Well, I know I wouldn't. It is freezing here in uh, northeast Ohio, Willoughby, and the Cleveland area, and we're making it anyway. That's all right. The roads are clear. The roads are not crowded, so we can zoom back and forth. Everyone's hiding inside. But we're here to talk small business stuff. And tonight, and what, what we do, what we do, we try to form the subject around our daily meetings with our clients. Again, they, they run in a lot of different industries. The size is around a couple of million dollars in sales. Could go lower, could go, could go lower, could go higher. But what we do is take our discussions with a couple select clients, and that's what we try to make a program out of for the evening. We've been doing this for over 15 years. We absolutely love the people we do business with, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So tonight we thought we'd talk about marketing. We've had a few discussions, and we'll probably have many more, about marketing on the show. And it's a big deal. It's a big deal in many, many ways. Because so many people, so many owners of businesses feel that the solution to their problems is to get more sales. If they get more sales... All the problems are solved. Well, for a variety of reasons, that's not true. And we'll touch on that a little bit today. But what we're really talking about today is marketing. What the heck is marketing? It gets very complicated, or it can get very complicated. <clears throat> Excuse me. It can get complicated because people misuse the term. And in my little world, I say marketing is this. I like to keep things very simple. I consider myself a simple-minded guy. <laughs> that's your St. Ed's background, that. Jack. That's good. That's right. That's, that's when I wear that St. Ed's hat. Uh, that's when I get smarter. I should wear it more. But, uh, yes, so marketing is, is existing in this world to increase sales. Now, we can divide that up, and we will. And Adam and I might have some differences of opinion because he'll say marketing is to generate leads. And then it's up to the sales function to basically take those leads and convert them into sales. Uh, that's not untrue at all. But <clears throat> marketing ultimately in the big scheme of things, keeping it simple, the whole reason for it is to basically drive sales in a company, in an organization, not to create the most award-winning trifold brochure with multicolors here. That's not the, that's not the objective. Although with a lot of these small businesses, small marketing companies, that's what you might expect. Because when they make their pitch, very few of them seem to come up with the word, hey, what, what, why should I buy this marketing package from you? Why should I buy your services? You didn't mention the fact that you're in business here to get, get sales for us. 
So with that, I'm going to pass the baton over to All Adam right. Sunhalter. Toss it this way, Jack, because uh, you know mm -hmm. you you kind of gave a, a statement about how I'm going to attack this, but then you used a, an erasure word. Those are our more astute listener, listeners out there. You probably heard that. Wait, what kind of it's word? It's an erasure word. That's also a band from the 1980s. Use the word but, B-U-T. You know what that does? It says everything I just said. It's like but. And it's, I took everything you, that I just said and I just pushed it aside. That's correct, though. Right. Okay. So that's a bunch of BS. So anyway, so we'll, we'll get to that in a well, second. What but first you just of all, that's a bunch of BS. Or well, what? you 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 try to give me some credit. You totally wiped it out. You totally erased the memory's memory. Anyway, but hold on. Before we get to that, though, people can be part of the show. For those of you who are new, welcome. Um, <coughs> glad you, you glad you made it. Um, took you took you three years to get here, but we're glad you made it. And you're you're welcome anytime. You're also welcome to be part of the show. Uh, for those of you who are loyal listeners, welcome back. Glad to have you here, and thanks for listening this week. Uh, we have a lot of ways to be part of the show, but the easiest way is through the phone. And we have a number here. we got Scotty sitting by. It's 440. What's the number, Jack? You know the number. Come on. I'm practicing Jack. 946. 946. There we go. Now, we can also do something else with that number, Jack. <laughs> we can text to that number, right? Text. Yes. I'd love to get and a text. And Jack is waiting. Somebody. He's sitting by, looking at the screen right now, waiting for your texts. To that Waiting, same number. No matter what it says. Again, it's 440-946-9468. For those of you who have trouble recalling numbers, it's real easy because the station we're on is W-I-N-T, right? And the 946 is W-I-N, W-I-N, and 9468 is W-I-N-T. So it's 440-W-I-N, W-I-N-T, if you got to go see, Now way. it's getting complicated enough. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing I'm everybody. I'm trying to write it down, and okay. I can't write fast enough. All right, 440-946-9468, W-I-N-T. That's the way to get a hold of us. So you can talk about this be part of the show. Hey, wait, did I, tell, did I say your name, you Adam did. Sunhalter? Did yeah, I say my name? You did, at the beginning of the show. Okay, good. It's been long. Boy, I can't that remember. short-term memory thing is a problem sometimes. That right. short-term memory thing again. Especially when it's below zero. So, marketing. Yes, how do I market my small business to grow sales? I agree, Jack. We need to, we need to have marketing to grow sales, and... For those of you listening, if you're a small business owner, or you know a small business owner who said that, who said, all I need, like you said, Jack, all I need is more sales, Jack, and everything will be, will be wonderful. So if you, if you know an owner who said that, you can, you can raise your hand. If you're the owner saying that, raise both hands, because we know that's it, whether you've articulated it or not, many of you think that way. All I need is more sales. And Jack was hitting on a very astute point where, and we see this, many owners will engage with, some marketing professionals of some type and kind at some point. If you've been in business for a couple of years, it's almost guaranteed you've had some marketing folks as part of your business that have helped somehow. Certainly heard, heard a lot of pitches and been to a lot of seminars. Yes, I agree with that, Adam, totally. And, and unfortunately, it's one of those relationships that often doesn't end well. And you, you gave a great example, Jack, about a trifold brochure. Okay, that's mm -hmm. something I think, I think everybody can, in the audience can relate to. And we have a marketing professional that's going to put that thing together for you. They're going to be able to tell your story, Jack. They're going to make it look pretty. It's going to have some graphics on there, things you wouldn't even think about. But, hey, it just it hits the point real well. It's beautiful. I love it. I want to hold the thing and hug it and put it underneath my pillow at night. It's a beautiful piece of, of literature. And the marketing professional feels I've done a fantastic job. I have a happy customer. Right? That's right. Now, I, I'm happy because I'm doing something as a business owner. I'm, doing, I'm spending money. Hard money, and, and I'm buying this pitch that this trifold is going to do what for me? Wait a minute. Did you, did you just say happy business owner and spending money in the same sentence? Yes, I did, because I'm, I'm doing something now to get more sales. I don't sales. think you see that very often. Oh, well, no. 
They're complaining the whole way about it. Nobody told me. Nobody told me I'm going to get more sales if I spend this money. Well, here's this. here's here's the question. Here's where I fall short. So, okay, I got this beautiful trifold bro- brochure. Award winning. Award winning, right? What the hell do I do with this thing now, Jack? That's right. I've got it. Here it is. It's ready That's to go. Right. It's folding up. It's all It's all good. Okay, now what? I got, I got it in my hands. What do I do with this thing? Beats me. I, I wouldn't because, buy one. <laughs> well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to magically somehow. We aren't selling those either. So. Oh. No, go on. Well, no, go on. Well, I'm breaking your no, thought. No, no, no. no. I, I'm, this is, the, the, the marketing professional, in their mind, has sold somebody a, a, a trifold brochure. That's what you said you wanted, Jack, and I've sold it to you, and I've delivered what I promised, and you should be... Excited and happy I, I about am. it, yet I'm, you're you're pissed off about it because it hasn't increased your sales yet. Typically, what they'll say is either mail it out at more cost or leave it behind some, <laughs> leave it behind somewhere, where I go make a call on somebody, and I got some collateral. And I got something really cool to drop off. Do they do that? Oh, well, and that that to the extent <laughs> of a lot of people is their marketing plan. I don't think or I, that's what they've been sold, and still no one's talking about. If you do this, and I'm not sure what is, what this is yet, but if you do this, you're going to get sales. They don't say that. They don't even bring up the word sales. I think a lot of small marketing companies don't understand sales. I'm having, I'm having a flashback, Jack. You talked about taking this trifold brochure and kind of putting it places. Yeah, I, I, I probably don't have the. Fo- I, I think I took a photo of this. This is going back years ago. I probably don't have it on my phone anymore. Um, Remember, we're at you know we, we used to meet a lot of folks at at the Embassy Suites in Independence, right? And I remember going in the bathroom one day. I'm standing at the urinal, and here's a business card on the urinal. In the urinal? No, not in on the top. You know, <laughs> on, on a little ledge that's there, right? Now it wasn't somebody, in the urinal with a little. No, no it wasn't in the urinal. No, it wasn't in the urinal. It was on the urinal. Okay. It probably wound up eventually in the urinal by somebody, but I, I, you know, it, and it wasn't for somebody that you know fixes toilets or is a plumber. I, I, forget, I forget who it was, but it's like. They must have had somebody that told them, and they got them these nice, beautiful business cards, and said, so "Just start putting them out places." So this person just started sticking well, them anyway. wherever, including <laughs> wherever he went, wherever he stopped. A card would come out, and here it is. I'm thinking, my first impression of you, as I'm standing here peeing. Okay, that's that's probably was that a good first impression? You depends, still have my wait, wait, have depends my on undivided, the product. Yeah, have depends, my undivided attention for sure. If it's depending on the product, it might be a very creative one. But I agree with you. I go on, go on. But that, to me, that that is a very tangible, very real example of it. people have this stuff. They have this fancy word warning here: collateral. Okay, mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do with it. And we know a lot of folks that have all kinds of collateral. They've got printed pieces, things that exist like, that. It's it, it looks good. It te- again, it tells the story. It, it, it does what the marketing professional promised it would do in terms of the look and the feel and the presentation. And again, it could be a website. Too. It's all these things that are there, but they're they're just things. What do we what do we do with them? And it often falls tremendously short because again, the owners doing these things. To your, to your point, Jack. They'll begrudgingly spend some money if they believe it's going to increase their sales. So it could be even door hangers, right? Door hangers, that's right. That's our favorite. Everybody loves door hangers, right? I get to go put my stuff in a bag, and we're hanging on 5,000 doors for a couple hundred bucks. And what, Boy, what a great deal that is, right, Jack? Because I'm going to get my 5,000 <laughs> eyeballs on my stuff. Well, is that better? Or maybe I put my business cards in 5,000 urinals. I might get more, you know, better luck out of that. Maybe. That's right. That's <laughs> a possibility, right? So... Anyway, the, the the point is, yeah, there's a there's a, often a, a tremendous divide 
And as Jack said, we've, we've been involved in, in business coaching now for over 15 years, but we've been involved in small business for, for me, basically my, my whole life, and Jack, for you, for the last 35 or 40 years. And That's right. It's unbelievable how little help there is for small business folks when it comes to marketing. Where they've, you know, if you talk to 100 owners of small companies and if you ask them their experience with marketing and sales folks, I'd be shocked if you get more than a handful that can rave about how wonderful things were, how great they worked, how they bring these people in and everything that's kind of going on. It's very unusual that that's the case. And I don't think it's because the marketing professionals are incompetent, that they're not talented, that they aren't good. I think the biggest problem, Jack, we've seen is that there's that big divide between where the owners are at and where the marketing professionals are at in terms of what their expectations are. And there's too many things that get unsaid that that creates a lot of the friction and why things very rarely end well. Yeah, you're right. We, we see that time and time again. And, well, what, what is the difference between marketing and sales, Adam? Well, they're, know? they're tremendously interconnected, Jack, and they work together and you need marketing to get sales. Why do they get so confused? They, they seem to confuse a lot of people, and, and that confusion comes from listening to people describe those, those words and the functions involved. It isn't clear, and to me it isn't clear because it's, it's made way more complicated by introducing all these ideas, all these different words, where if the purpose of marketing is to increase sales, that should be the dialogue. You can say the purpose of marketing is to create leads that will be served up to the people who should sell, but then it starts to get more complicated when you keep adding definition to it. I'm going to spend on the, uh, 5000 bucks on these trifold brochures because I want to get more sales, not for any other reason. You know, and, and again, the, the conversation could be multifaceted. Not a not a bad word here. All right, Jack. Uh, we're up against our first break here. We'll answer your question. Okay. We come back if I, if I can recall what your question was, which is what's the difference between marketing and sales? Correct. So we'll come back and answer that question. We come back. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini, and we are with Maximum Value Partners. All right, we got stick around. We got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT thirteen thirty AM, one hundred one five FM, and online WINTradio.com. Hey, where did we go? All right, welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm having flashbacks, Jack, as I was talking about in the break with Van Morrison playing Brown Eye Girl and my wife's sorority, Pi Beta Phi, and all those Pi Phi girls hanging out there. So shout out to the Pi Phi's out there listening. I'm thinking about you tonight. So Pi Phi's. Pi Phi's, Pi Beta Phi. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's their song. Envision that. Envision hundreds of 20-something sorority girls singing out at the top of their lungs, Jack. It's a brown eye girl. It's a pie fi girl. Wow, hey, that's a good vision. That's a real good vision, Adam. All right. So while the people are enjoying that vision, let's come back to where we were talking about before the break. Jack, you asked the question: What the heck's the difference between marketing and sales, and how come everybody always kind of seems to confuse the two or almost uses them interchangeably? Certainly, when it comes to small business, we see that to be the case. A lot and of lot of misinformation and confusion. Yes. Remember doing? We've done talks about this over the years, and you know, I often give a, a very simple example. And this often this will actually relate to you very well, Jack. This happened earlier today. I say apple pie, right? Apple pie. You got something in mind? Scotty has something in mind. Folks listening have something in mind. I have something in mind. Now it's probably pretty darn close. Our apple pie visuals. Now maybe a little bit different because 
Yours is a little bit warm, Jack, with some ice cream on it, you know? Oh, yeah. A mode. Maybe uh, Scotty likes his without ice cream, and like, you know, he, but he likes it warm, too. I may prefer... There's that stuff that has the crumbly stuff on top, the apple pie. What's that called? It has the crumbles on it. Do you know what I'm talking crumbles, about? Crumbles. That's what they call it. Nah, it's something else. Whatever. But that's a different kind of apple pie. But, you know, so, but at least we're in the same ballpark of apple pie, right? We aren't too far off. But if I say marketing, I have absolutely no idea. Open-ended discussion. What's going on in your minds, that's right? right? And so when we're talking to an owner... That's a good analogy, Adam. That's, that, that makes good sense. You know, the, everyone can see a, a pie or, or in the ballpark. They've all tasted it and experienced it, but not many have done it with marketing slash sales. But, yeah, go on. So most folks will think about maybe it'll be that trifold brochure, Jack. Maybe it'll be my website. Maybe it'll be a, a, a billboard or it's a radio advertisement or it's, uh, or it's you know, a, a pay-per-click advertisement or maybe it's a trade show I'm going to or a networking group. They're thinking about, usually they're thinking about one component of marketing, which we define as a channel, okay? And there's two other parts that people often ignore when it comes to marketing. The channels, which is how you're communicating a message to a target audience. And that those are the two other components, the messaging and targets. So let's step back for a second. Forget about what my, my trifold brochure Let's think about how does that work. So I've got a trifold brochure here. Well, who am I trying to talk to with that trifold brochure? Good question. Do I have uh, somebody? Do I have somebody in that, mind? Isn't that my target? That's my target, right? Mm-hmm. And the message in there is going to you know, talk about, and, and if the the marketing folks are doing a good job, they're going to get the right words in there to describe or the right visuals in there, whatever it might be, to communicate to that target that they're going to say, "Hey, this is talking to me," All right? So we get the target identified. That's the, the, the customers we're looking for. And that, that's a process in and of itself. But once we get those targets identified, then we have to have a message that's going to appeal to each of those target segments. And that's what you're saying. And I, I can see that very clearly. So the, 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 what, what happens is we, we use this, this, this fancy term before the collateral piece. But the collateral in and of itself is worthless, right? If I have the trifold brochure, I have my... My one page on uh, whatever it's going to be. I've got my business card. Whatever it might be, that, 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 that physical piece, that's not worth anything until you, you do something with it. That's right. So, yeah, okay, am I going to go out and go out on the highway here on the street and just kind of spread them out? Am I going to mail them out to people? Okay, well, if I do, well, who am I mailing them to? Well, you come back blast to that them target out? again, right. right? Yeah. So it's a, a closed circuit of, of a closed troika. Remember that word? Troika, sure. Troika. Not it's sure. a Cold War word, isn't it, Jack? It is one of those Russian things. <laughs> okay, that's a good thing. That's so, right. So <laughs> that's, that's right. So, well, especially when we're having the cold we're having here. It makes you feel like you're in Russia, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but they the, the have the, the clarity on that. And, and so the marketing piece, and, and when we talk to a lot of uh, clients, and a big part of what Jack and I do day-to-day with, with our coaching, when, when we bring on a new client, we'll start talking about different things. We'll get a sense of where they're at. And one of the questions we talk about is marketing. What kind of marketing you're doing? Well, how, how's it kind of going? And we're always amazed at how so many small business owners will say, hey, I'm not doing any marketing at all. I'm doing very little marketing. And we start to kind of dig into it a little bit. And we have a, you know, a little one-page sheet that kind of shows about 50 different channels as far as how people can communicate their messages. How they can deliver that, yeah, deliver that message that they crafted for that particular target segment. Right. And, and don't you know it, Jack, that almost every time... There's usually 
five, 10, 15 of those things. Like, oh, yeah, we did that. And oh, we did that one, too. Oh, we, oh we're doing this. Oh, yeah, I know that, that that was actually marketing. I was like, okay, yeah, I see that now, okay? So often they are doing some marketing stuff, but they maybe aren't necessarily thinking about it that way because marketing at its, at its core can be kind of, I don't know if boring is the right term, but that could be how people might, might see because it's, it's, it takes a lot of time and effort. You know, a lot of research, a lot of investigation, a lot of analysis is, al- is always part of marketing. That's the boring part versus, hey, I want that, that, that qualified prospect here. Jack. I want that phone to ring. I want people walking in the door. I want to be able to meet that person and shake their hand. That's the fun part. I can now talk to that person. I can try to sell them on what we do. Sell. Okay. So you're connecting now. Selling to marketing. So everybody wants to rush to that point where I have that qualified prospect coming to me where I can have a chance to sell. And how do I get more of those qualified prospects to come to me? Mm-hmm. So again, that's where we'll differ in terms of, yeah, marketing eventually leads to sales, but it has to have that, that gap is, 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 is bridged by delivering prospects. Delivering qualified prospects to your business. So how are you doing that? Because we find, again, small business. And I'm not talking about you know, the PPGs of the world or these big multi-billion dollar corporations that are spending all kinds of money advertising on TV and everything else. I'm talking about a small business who's not spending billions or millions of dollars on marketing and advertising stuff. How do these folks sell their product? Well, our experience shows that usually the top salesperson for a small company tends to be the owner. That's right. And guess who sells pretty well? The owner. Well, why is that? Well, they tend That's to be right. Why is that? Well, because they tend to be pretty pretty good at what they do, their product or service, whatever that product or service that they, that they provide, they tend to be an expert there and tend to do it very very well. Being the owner, they obviously have a big stake in the company and they tend to be very passionate about what, about what they're doing. So they get real excited, and they can get that prospect really excited, and they and they they, they know what to talk about, and they de- they tend to sell pretty well. So if they, if they look at what's Another warning for fancy fancy termer, their closing ratio. Uh-oh. Okay? So if they talk to 10 qualified prospects, chances are they're going to sell five, six, seven of those prospects. So their closing ratio may be 50% or 70%. You know, if they sell seven out of 10, they're going to do pretty well. So again, we find it's not usually a sales problem. It's not usually, hey, we're getting 10 prospects coming in here. We're not selling any of them. We're 0 for 10, man. We're striking out every time. That... I, I, I can't even think of, in, in the 16 years we, we, we've been together, Jack, I can't think of anybody who's had that, where it's no, been that big of a, where not, not boy, our marketing like machine is just cranking things in here, Jack, and we, we're getting 10 people a day, and we just can't close anybody. We're just terrible salespeople, Jack. We're scaring everybody away. That does not happen, folks, okay? So sales is not usually the problem. Now, there are some great sales trainers out there. Again, sales is important. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to small companies, it's rare that sales is the problem when it comes to marketing and sales. Usually marketing is more the bigger issue. They aren't getting enough qualified prospects, qualified leads coming to the business. So it's not a sales issue. It's a marketing issue. <clears throat> yes. You think? I think it's a marketing But that's where, again, that's where a lot of this confusion starts to happen. These kind of discussions, Jack, aren't happening between the business owner and the marketing professional. They aren't going back and forth like we are right now. 
to try to figure out what you know what's the point, what's the purpose of all this stuff. That's right. They jump into the pool, and and it's a very confusing situation in that pool, and it stays that way. So how do you sort this out? Which one is right? Is marketing is marketing required to get a sale? Is is well. The most basic form of marketing when it comes to small companies is something we like to refer to as KLT. KLT. KLT, isn't that an airline? No, it used to be. KLT luggage Doesn't luggage uh, mark with KLT somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a KLM maybe, Jack. Oh, KLM, that's right. So KLT is no like, and trust. KLT. So, yeah, you need some marketing. So people have to know about you. So the way most small companies grow, the, if they look at the majority of where their, their, their customers come from, it's from people who know, like, and trust them, and, and it's through what they refer to as word of mouth, the referrals that come in. But, yeah, if, if somebody doesn't know about you, again, if people aren't going to hire MVP to coach them if they don't know that MVP exists, Jack, right? Now, they may know that we exist, but then they listen to our show and think, what a bunch of bozos those guys are. I don't really like those guys, right? Or actually, they, Adam's kind of a jerk, but I like that Jack guy. He's kind of good. Maybe, maybe I'll just talk to him, right? But if they don't like us, chances are they aren't going to want to work with well, us. Well, if they don't like us, we don't like them either. That's not necessarily true, Jack. It's I mean, you chase a girl's down, she doesn't like you. It doesn't mean you don't like her, too. You, just, you, may, not, you may not admit it to it, but that's in the deepest, mm-hmm. darkest uh, parts. Your, nah, yeah, nah, you nah, it doesn't work like that, but go on. So they got to know you. They, gotta, you know, they have to like you, and then they, they trust you, and the trust kind of builds up. But if somebody's had a good experience with you, that trust gets passed pretty quickly. So you need to have some marketing to make sales happen, Jack. So... But there, there are answers, folks, and we're, we'll get to some of the answers here in the second half of the show. So stay, stay, stay tuned. We're going to talk more about how do you market your small business to really grow your sales. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And I'm saying you need marketing. You need marketing to get sales. And that's what you're saying. I'm saying that, too. That's right. Stick, stick around here. We've got more Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. Keep those texts coming. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter here with my co-host. And I am Jack Mancini. We're talking about marketing and how you market your company, your small business to grow, eventually grow your sales. And we spent the first half of the show trying to add some clarity to what marketing means and how it's different from sales and help to plug the gap a bit between where many marketing professionals tend to be and where the owners tend to be and why that exists and how do we start to kind of bridge that gap and to make and make things kind of start to work better. So part of what we're going to get into in, in this segment, Jack, is talking about some of the, the, the examples of what it might look like to start to kind of market stuff. We, we gave a, a quick outline before the break in terms of what's included in marketing, the idea of having you know a target that you're going after, having a message to communicate to those folks, and then having your channels that you're going to now use to kind of, to kind of push that stuff through. And so how do you go about doing that in terms of making those things start to happen? And that's where things tend to fall short because, again, the owners want to rush things out there, get that get that you know, that channel working, and all of a sudden they f- feel like the floodgates are going to open up. I think one of the things we've, we've learned is there is no magic wand, no silver bullet when it comes to marketing. That's correct, though. You know, you know as much as everybody would like to have, and the, the, there are stories out there where you'll, you'll see, you'll hear about, about viral stuff. And there's a, a company that you may be familiar with, um, or a listener might, might be familiar with, called Dollar Shave Club. And... Uh, there's a there's a there's a thing on the Dollar Shave Club. With, you know, they had a video to start with. 
The guy who's the founder is named, named Michael Dubin. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Anyway, Michael was doing some um, marketing work, I believe, in, on the East Coast. It may, it may have been New York City, I believe. I heard him uh, another uh, interview kind of going through a little bit of this detail. In any case, so he had, he had some experience with doing some video marketing in terms of how video marketing is going to help some big, some big, uh, big companies. And as he started to get the marketing uh, going with those guys, he, he, you know, he was also at, at nighttime, he was taking some improv classes. And, you know, just because he thought it'd be kind of fun to be able to do. So he got an opportunity, you know, with this, uh, what eventually became Dollar Shave Club, um, through, you know, as a father of a friend that had some razors that, that, that were there. In any case, he had taken his improv skills and his video making skills, and they created a video and put it onto YouTube. And he talked about, I think when they first started out, they, the, 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 the father of his friend had something like a half a million blades of different types and kinds and that that he wanted to be able to kind of sell. And they put together this video, they put it onto YouTube, and he's like, I'm getting up the next morning, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm, my phone is just blowing up. And it's blowing up because all of a sudden we had a massive rush of orders. Right? The, the video had gone out. The video, if you haven't seen it, if you if you just Google uh, Dollar Shave Club, and I'll, I'll put some I'll, I'll put some notes in our in our in our podcast notes, our show notes here. But there, you know, if you Google the Dollar Shave Club video, there's a couple that that have come up you know afterwards as well. But it's kind of it's a good I think it's maybe a three minute video, uh, kind of tongue in cheek humor. And again, when I first saw it, uh, it happened hit, hit me at the time when I was looking to get some different kind of razors. I had the same razor for years, and I was looking around and I saw the video and it, it just related to me. I was like, yes. Hey, kind of a funny way of kind of approaching it's kind of neat and let me kind of check it out i think a lot of folks had that same that same kind of feel to it in terms of that, that's kind of go be able to check it out but when you talk to him about it, he's like well you know i had no idea you know we put together the video just hey it was a good video to kind of do and you know, it may have been the first one we we're going to do but i had no idea this thing was going to go viral and all of a sudden create tremendous demand and but you have those stories people think hey that's it that's the silver bullet that's the magic wand hey give me a viral video or give me a viral whatever it's like it's it's so hard to capture that. How do you know what's going to go viral? You really don't. But if you you know if somehow you can figure those out, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> and there's just that's some a really good cool story. That's an excellent story. So Scotty's got Scotty has some 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 input here. Hold on a second, Jack. Go ahead, oh, Scotty. Fire hey, away. It's just, it's just really him, cool. That, like with what you're talking about too. It, like videos, things that people make that they create on their own. It's something that you you said it goes viral. It, you never know how far or how widespread the bandwidth can actually. Can it, it can reach because it can reach 100,000 people. It can reach 10 people. It could reach a million people in a matter of seconds, days. I mean, it, it just happens, you know, lickety split, lightning fast. And, and that's what's so cool. And even with marketing, you, you go up, I, I work out at the gym and I'll go to, to random places when I went to school. I would meet so many different people and be able to connect with them on different levels that maybe we would never be able to believe we would have done before we met each other. You, you just never know where your path is going to lead and who you're going to meet along the way and the experiences that you're going to capture and these moments of, of pure essence that you have. And it, it just it builds you guys up and keeps the energy flowing and, and kind of gives you a sense of, of direction of where your life is and, and kind of puts you on the map because sometimes it's, it's easy to get lost and to not know where you are. But to have these moments that you feel the energy amongst each other is just absolutely incredible. It's amazing. And, and that's what marketing is all about. And I think that's what you're talking about, even with small businesses as well, is just people understanding that these word of mouth ideas, it doesn't have to be the corporate level. 
that these word of mouth interactions that you have with local people in communities are, are so important as well. And, and it's just incredible to, to understand and feel amongst each other the, the kind of energy that, that we possess. And, and I think that that's a good point, Scott. I, I, think, I think part of the power, too, of the Internet where people get all excited about it is that connectivity and that, that community you're mentioning, Scotty, is it can be much bigger because it's the whole world now. It's not just, say, yeah, we're, we're here we are in Willoughby and there's whatever, 30,000 people that live in Willoughby, but there's 7-plus billion people on the planet. And once it gets out on the, onto the web, all of a sudden things can, can start to happen and start to happen very, very quickly. And I remember we had a client years ago, and her dream was to get on the Oprah Winfrey show. And Jack and I were just like, okay, well, okay. Now, what happens if you get on the Oprah Winfrey show? Here, you're, all of a sudden, you're out there, and, and, and that community that, that, that exists is going to completely just overwhelm you because you're not you, you aren't ready for it, right? But it, part of what, 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 what came out as, as I was listening to this interview with Michael Dubin was that's how he is. And I, I think to me that was one of the big takeaways. Like if you're going to do something on a marketing front, whether it be a video or something else, it has to reflect who you are, who your company is. And when it comes to small companies, the, the company reflects the owner. The owner is the, the owner's, however they are. So be yourself. And if you're yourself, that will resonate with folks. And that whole Dollar Shave Club piece resonated with a lot of folks, including myself. I'm sure a lot of folks were very offended by it, and they kind of turned them off. That's okay. That's true of, of almost anything that's going to be out there. But if you're true to yourself, and you know that that message resonates to your target market, here's what you want to do. And it's funny because I've heard there's other competitors now of Dollar Shave Club, like Harry's or something like that. And they, they've almost stolen the words ver- you know, verbatim, like, oh, hey, you know, you, you, know, you hate going out to a the drugstore, and you got here it is locked behind these you know these locked doors. You feel like you're you're a criminal. Have to you know ask somebody to kind of unlock the keys to kind of get it. What a pain! Like they're using the same almost same words <laughs> that were in this video originally, but they aren't doing it the right way because it doesn't have the humor to it. it, it, it again, just it's not them. They're trying to steal somebody else's you know piece. So you got you got to be you got to be your you know be yourself. It's a big part of this to get. That's part of what makes you and your company unique. Has a certain culture, a certain feel to it. It's very, very important to start to be able to kind of communicate that. So again, there's, there's, this is, there's no magic wands. If you're lucky enough to get something that's viral, God bless you. You, you know, that, that, you know. Hopefully, you can handle it and it won't put you out of business because there's a lot of stories where that's done that where it's, you know, people can't support it. Um, so there's, no, there's no magic wands. A big part to kind of keep in mind. So where are we? Where are we with this conversation? We're helping to talk about different marketing pieces, Jack. So oh, okay. So often it's some little things. Let me, let me give us a couple, a couple of keys that I'm talking about. And again, coming back and forth between channels and targets and messaging. And we got some stories to kind of share with this stuff. So the little things matter. Okay, what does that mean? So one of our clients has been utilizing a marketing firm with some pretty good luck. Okay, Now this marketing firm that they, they, they use specializes in, in their industry. And they went, and they were very skeptical. They, you know, they, they, they heard about this marketing you know, company, and they, and they wound up going to see you know, kind of a, a show where, 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 where the marketing you know, folks were there, and they had a bunch of folks coming up and giving testimonials. And again, almost sounded too, too good to be true, right? And they, they, they said, well, you know what? Let's try it, right? It's not like it's a lifelong, but let's kind of try it, sign up for it, and kind of see how it kind of goes. And there are a lot of little, little things that they kind of said, wasn't a big deal, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do it better, right? So... They had, they had a, everything from a website template that our client themselves never would have done themselves because it's, it's kind of goofy and quirky and, you know, we don't talk this way or look this way. This is, this is silly, right? And they said, look, just trust us. Use that, right? Or they had certain letters and there were certain verbiage and letters. Again, hey, I don't talk that way. 
Trust us, this works because they they had done it thousands of times where this you know this works. They said, hey, when you when you have somebody answering the phones, make sure it's a live voice. And it was funny because you know early on they they, they called the, the market company to complain that, that they weren't getting the results that, that they wanted. And they said, okay, well, let's kind of test through some stuff. I said, hey, so let me test some things. They they called back you know two weeks later. I said, hey, you know what? I called your your, your office and I got a voicemail. I didn't get a live voice. You know, it says right there in step two, make sure you have a live voice answer. You guys aren't doing it. Our things work when you follow. If you, 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 I don't care how, how little you think it is. Or There's a lot of these little things that really, really matter. And in today's digital world, they said, hey, you know what? These email newsletters, we all get them. We all have inboxes full of every day almost. You've got multiple newsletters coming through, right? Why? Because it's so easy. It's free, right? Because it doesn't cost anything. I can just send it out or it's very low cost. They say, you know what? Why don't you mail out a newsletter? Physically mail out a newsletter. And all of a sudden, he said, I can't believe it. You know, we got, we got two more leads this month from, from this physical. I can't believe it. Like, he's, he's mad. He's mad that, that, that he's getting results because it seems so simple and so stupid. He goes, but it's working. That, that program was the best. It is. It's the best marketing program I've ever seen. It works. It, it works very, very well. And, and to your point, Adam, these little, ob- well, they're obvious once you see them. But people don't act on them, and their program is built around that, around the simplicity of everyday stuff that has been abandoned in many cases, and it's preferred. So they've had great success with these guys. So those little things are, are, are key, and those matter. Let me come back to a comment I made, I think, in the last segment about how it can be kind of boring for marketing at times. And it takes some discipline or having kind of a system in place where you have some regular activities. You need to have regular activities week in and week out, month in and month out. Marketing is one of those things that people often want to kind of dial the knob up or, or, or turn it down depending on what's going on. If all of a sudden we're having a slow week, a slow month, a slow year, all of a sudden I want to crank that, that knob and get, you know, crank it to 11 like Spinal Tap. Jack, get, you know, get it way turned up there. Well, it's not always, you can't just do that. It's, it's, it's that consistency. Consistently doing things day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. If you do those things day, you know, consistently, those will lead to results. It's that, hey, I try to ramp it up real quick, and then it drops off. Also, I'm, I'm getting too busy. And I know many of our listeners right now are, are, are visualizing that same roller coaster that, 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 that you've been on, right? Way too much business. Okay, I can't do more marketing. I'm, 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 doing the, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Okay, now work slow down. Let's get some more marketing. Okay, go back up the roller coaster, back and down. And you get seasick, right? You get motion sickness, all the ups and downs. <laughs> So we got to be consistent and disciplined, and that can be that can be boring. Two keywords. That's right. Here's another little nugget. All right, we, we come back to messaging. <laughs> Interviewing customers, not you, because the customers won't talk to you. Well, they'll talk to you. Don't get me wrong, t- but they won't necessarily tell you how things really are. Interviewing customers. We've gotten more nuggets from that personally, Jack, and we'll yeah, share that a little I, bit. I would agree with that. But Adam. to have somebody interview. To understand the why. The why is very, very important to marketing. If you have competition, especially, if you're fortunate to be a monopoly and no competition, fantastic, great for you. This show's not for you. But for everybody else who has competition, the why is tremendously important. And we'll share some examples of what those interviews do from some little nuggets for you. When you stay tuned, we come back. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're with Maximum Value Partners. We got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here, so stay tuned on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 1015 FM, and online.
wintradio.com. All right, welcome back. We're here with Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I keep forgetting. I, we talked about the, 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 the phone number and everything else early on, Jack, and texting. I forgot again. I'll give it out one last segment here. Four, Go right ahead. 440-946-9468. 440-946-9468. That's a phone, phone or a text. You got it. So we're talking about marketing. How do I How do I use marketing, and how do I market my small business to grow my sales? And we're talking at the break about interviews and how interviews can be great for getting some nuggets from your customers. Now, let me step back for a second. So it starts with, well, what's a good customer? Come back to targets again, okay? So we're often amazed at how people can't define what a good customer is for their business. Yeah, how do you aim it? And like any, any sport, look at it as a sport. How do you aim your message that you've crafted so well? How do you do that? But it's taking a hard look, first of all, at your current customer list. That's okay. That's you look at them and you think about it. And we, we had a discussion with a client just yesterday about this. And what's funny is it's so draining to deal with and even talk about and think about bad customers. It's amazing how much time we spend on bad customers. And I know folks talk about it, and this is a different show. We did a show of this before in terms of firing customers. Everybody likes to talk about it. Very few people actually do it. And if you haven't fired a customer recently, fire one here the next month. You got You'll a be, bad one. You got a bad you got everyone has bad ones if they've been in business for any length of time. You'll be amazed. It's it's almost like going through and doing some house cleaning. And you, and all of a sudden you you feel a weight come off you. All of a sudden your chest opens up and you I can I can breathe again. I I had no idea. The stress that we were carrying, not only me, but the people in the, in, in the company, there's often a collective sigh of relief. Oh, I'm so glad they're gone. The phone, every time the phone rings, I see their number. Uh, the hair on my back, my neck just stands. I, I don't want to talk to those people. So, hey, we're going to get more of those folks coming in here. Great. All right. Well, hey, everybody's heading for the doors because these are a bunch of yahoos. I don't want to be dealing with these folks. Versus we have some great customers, okay? And, folks, sales is certainly one thing, okay? So, if somebody you know, is delivering a lot of sales to your company, that's good. But that can't be the sole thing that defines a good customer. Well, that's the case in many, many situations here with these customers. They're reluctant, or clients of ours. They're reluctant to let go of the sales with that bad customer. Oh, my God, I can't, I can't afford to lose 10% of my sales. Or that's the wrong focus. And we teach them it's the wrong focus because it is the wrong focus. It's the profitability and then it's also the the ease and comfort of dealing with that customer. Those are big deals. And, and Adam's expression of how, how the reaction may go uh, can be very true. You know, you get rid of a customer who's always whining, always complaining, always looking for price reductions, always looking for deals, uh, is... is not really nice, if you were, would uh, use that word, to the employees. Nobody likes that particular customer. So what in the world are we doing f- with them? Even if they're, they're providing decent profits, why do you want to put up with that kind of stress? And you can work around that. It has to be, like many things, a good goal, a good focus. But why in the world would you want to have a bad customer? It, it beats us. You got to work to get those out of your organization. 
So the marketing helps you to start to take a hard look at your company, maybe mm -hmm. in ways you haven't before. But if we're going to decide who, you know, who, who do you want to interview, I'm going to guess you probably don't want to interview too many customers that are bad customers for you. Why? Because you don't have any interest in what they're saying because you don't want to find more people like that. But your good customers, you do. And if you want to understand the why, and so let me give you some really simple examples. So, you know, Jack and I have had customer interviews done numerous times in the 15 plus years that we've, we've been together. And every time we get nuggets from this. And I, I say nuggets because, again, it's, it's often things you're not even thinking are important to your customer. Okay? So for us, early on, we, you know, we started meeting our clients together. And we were doing it for not because we thought that was the best way to, 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 to deliver our coaching services, but we thought it would help us get our systems down, our processes down to kind of you know, help move those things along better. Well, unbeknownst to us, our clients really valued having both of us available, having both of us in those meetings. And they talked about how when we're both there versus one of us, the, 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 the feel, the energy, the, the, overall, the overall meeting experience is night and day when it's two of us versus one of us. And the fact that we're available in between meetings. You know, for us, part of what we do is in how we, how we approach our clients is it's a partnership. And we understand what it's like to be an owner. We understand how challenging and, 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 and how wonderful it can be but how most people just do not get that. And so we're there 24-7 for our clients. Phone calls, emails, texts, whatever it might be. Now, we may not answer the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning, but we'll be back to them very quickly about it because we want to make sure we're there. We're, we're alongside with them. And that's just how we approach stuff. Now, as we had folks come back and say how important that was to them because they often look at other folks who are, whether it be other folks who are coaches or consultants or you have, other advisors of small companies. You have CPAs, you have attorneys and all those kind of folks. It's rare that folks aren't billing by the hour. Jack and I are not hour guys, hourly guys. Okay, We're trying to deliver value to our clients. So we're there. We're, we're there for them. And so most, you know, most small business owners are not used to having somebody there in their corner with them. And the fact that we're there, we aren't going to charge them extra. Yeah, we have a flat monthly fee every month with our clients. We aren't charging them extra for those, those in-between phone calls or texts or whatever it might be or emails. In fact, we'll admonish them if they aren't doing it because we know stuff comes up in, you know, in between our meetings, that they, have to, that they should be talking to us about these things. That's part of what we do. Yeah, we all have time. We you know people who are booked uh, for eight straight hours. It's a lot of total nonsense. You always have time for a 10- or 15-minute phone call if need be, right. always. And so, that again, th these are just things that we were doing as we're running our company, we weren't thinking about it from the standpoint of, hey, this is really valued with our, with our clients. And then, but hey, getting feedback and having, again, a third party interview them because they'll talk to a third party more freely, right? Hey, if I'm upset with you, and that's how all these things happen, right? We've all been part of companies where all of a sudden work gets around and all of a sudden, hey, hey, I had no idea Jack is mad at me, but I, I heard from, from Sue that Jack's pissed about this. And well, why didn't Jack just come to me directly? Well, because most of us aren't good at conflict. We aren't good at kind of sitting down with somebody and just kind of, speak in our mind and so again if a customer is not happy with you they probably aren't going to necessarily say it to your face but if i've got a third party intermediary well hey i can feel free to kind of say whatever i want to say i know it's going to get back to you but it's easier to talk to a third party about it than to talk to you directly about it and so again that's a key part so again little things matter helping to define what a good customer for you is very important and then having some customer interviews if you do those kind of things just doing that here this year Make 2019 the year that you're going to be doing those things. Focus on those little things. Help define what a good customer for your company is going to be. And interview somebody. Have somebody interview some of your customers. 
if you're going to invest some money, that's a probably a very good investment of your dollars because it's going to help you understand why folks are with you. Why do they choose your company in the first place? If they continue to buy from your company, why do they keep buying from your company? You may want to talk to a few former customers, understand why they left you. What happened? I guarantee you, if you get a, if you get a good quality person to be able to do these interviews, you're going to get tremendous nuggets out of this. They're going to help your business and help you communicate better why you do what you do, how you do it different from your competition. It's an important thing you understand as an owner why you're so unique. I know you're wonderful, but why is your company so good that people want to work with it? <laughs> so that's where marketing, can, again, boy, how's that going to get me sales, Jack? Well, it takes that's, some time, that's, right? That's where we started, about 7 o'clock today. Well, if yeah. I understand these things, if I understand who I'm going after, if I understand the, the message I want to be able to communicate to those folks. If, if I, you know how to pr profile, you know how to profile who you're going after. That's the key. That's the, the big part of, of understanding your good customers because you'd like to find more of those folks with your targeting. Yeah, because we know more of them exist. That's right. And you know, no matter how the other ones found you, they may, they may have found you by accident. That's okay. We want to make sure we can find them more on purpose. And so there well, are a lot that would be that would be part of marketing called research, and that's taking existing files, existing data in your company, and not not going through long, arduous, expensive processes. It's just lining them up, lining them up, and analyzing who you've done business with and why, and that becomes a very powerful tool then to aim the guns for messaging and then figuring out how to get in front of these people. That's right, and it's, you know, it's, what well, we often hear too, and again, we come back to the marketing versus sales piece. One of the big complaints we hear, you know, one is, is relates to the, the marketing professionals, but probably equally maybe more loud or, or more enthusiastic negative is going to be sales people. Hey, Jack, yeah, I've hired sales people over the years, and I pay them X dollars, and I got nothing from that. Yep. Absolutely nothing. Well, okay, Jack, well. What did you have that salesperson do? What, you know, what did I, how did you direct that salesperson? Well, I told him to come in and sell stuff. I mean, I, 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 I interviewed them, and they have a great history of doing sales, and so I figured they know what they're doing. I said, just go sell my stuff. That's right. And I said, okay. Well, if we haven't done, like we are dis discussed here in the, in the last couple of segments, Jack, about understanding who are good customers for me, why do people like to you know, do business with us, and how do we go get in front of them, if I don't give that salesperson any direction, well... Chances of success are going to be very, very small. So it's not not surprising that you, that most people don't have success with salespeople. Well, so many owners don't understand what has to be done, so they just point to somebody who's got the background and experience and say, "Go do it." That's not directing; that's kind of abdicating, and that doesn't work too well. You, you as the owner, have to put on your thinking cap and basically direct people, even though you aren't the expert. You have the, the wherewithal of the company, and you're the one who basically is going to drive this company. So you have to have some direction with the experts telling them where you want to be. All right. So those are all good things to kind of keep in mind as you're trying to make sure you can do it in terms of how do you market to grow the sales of your small business. So hopefully you found this very helpful this evening. Sorry to say the Fast Hour Radio is done again. We appreciate you being part of the show tonight and listening. You're welcome to hear us, and we're here every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. In between, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. Again, 877-849-0670. If you missed any part of this show, go to our website, DirtySecretsOfSmallBusiness.com. You can see there's all the shows that are there. This week's show, all the archive shows are up there for you. So 
Get a chance to learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com.